let's let's get caught up real quick, Joe, because we didn't get to talk about this, and I want to I want to dive a little bit into what your day was like. You went to a, a a place that had like anime and video game stores out the wazoo today. Is that what happened? Dude. Where where is this place, and what so, did you get? If you're near Brooklyn, uh, it's called Industry City. It's kind of near the Bay Ridge area. I would Dude, say. I've worked there before. I really. I, Back when I was living in New York, I used to do like uh, I used to work for a company that basically you hand out flyers for companies and stuff. And Industry City, they had uh, a bunch of food trucks in. I don't know if yep. that was there where you're. Yeah, it's like they have a whole line That's of food trucks started. there. Yes, and so and I worked there doing. They that. renovate. It's like six huge buildings, like with ten floors each. Yep. And every year they add like a million more places. So we haven't been in a few years. We went today. There was um, actually is a Japanese dollar store called Dai Sun. I think I hope I'm saying that correctly, but <laughs> it literally feels like you're in Japan, which is awesome. And they have a Japanese market where you can get all authentic Japanese products, like all the Kit Kats from mm, Japan. And yes, green tea ones they have, they right? Have. Yeah, yeah. Um, then there was this like crazy cool comic book store, and if you're in Brooklyn. Go. There's a brewery. If you know, if you're over the age, the legal age of drinking, please got drink the whole package, man. The whole deal. Um, and what about your 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 blacksmith experience? What that what the heck was that about? There is a place where you can get trained to. Well, you can take a class and and smith something mm. like a sword. Uh, I don't know if they did armor, but customized. How armor. cool is that? That would I mean, be so I, dope. I signed up because it was short notice, so I'll be doing that. I'll I'll have to update everyone on the experience, but I'm gonna yeah. do that, uh, in the next few weeks. What kind of sword are you gonna make? Um, one that will stab people. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's the function of a sword, right? I'm talking like a re. Are you more of a fan of a, of a Buster sword, or are we more of like a Mass Immune, or like um, a Keyblade? Like Cloud F7 your... type. A cloud buster sword. Okay, yeah. so that's. Mm-hmm. Oh man, if you can if you can do that in a blacksmith, yeah, it's probably class, gonna take me a few lessons <laughs> to get that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Although no, it I is mean, just like know. a giant piece of uh, steel, I guess his sword, right? It's just like it's extremely heavy. So there were like these crazy looking ovens, and you know, like you see it online sometimes, or like if you ever watch that show where they do it, they make like the weapons. Yeah, 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 yeah. When you see them take it out of the oven, and it's like orange. You're like, oh, yeah, that must be pretty hot. But when you're standing there. You feel it? It's like, oh, it's like, yeah. it's, that is what it is created from. And you, they call and that heat, the molten yeah. heat. It's like if I touch this, my finger will just, like, disintegrate. It won't <laughs> well, you got to check it out, uh, Industry City. Um, today, our guest is the incomparable Mike Delgadio. I say it multiple times in this episode but the most amazing name you could ever have for somebody who is experienced as he is in all things audio microphones interfaces home studios he does the works his youtube channel is called booth junkie you got to check it out uh i've learned so much in my life about everything to do with voiceover and home studios and which mic to buy from him, and we dive into all that stuff. Which microphone should you be looking at? Some of the ones that stand out to him. Where you should really be spending your money if you're interested in, in, in starting your own home studio. We do a really cool uh, breakdown, right, Joe? Of like, uh, yep. How much you sh- if you had a thousand dollar budget, what should you get to put into your home studio? That was a lot of fun. Um, we also talk about 
various types of things on your microphone and, and what they do, the things you should be looking out for when making your purchases, the things that are important uh, uh, for, for really just starting out, starting your career, and the information that's kind of hard to access. Um, there's no yeah. real like university classes on all these things in conjunction with voiceover. So we really try to ask the questions to make it as easy as possible for you to go into your, your booth and hit record um, and have basically a set it and forget it mentality. Um, you know, when I was doing my, you know, my streaming career and, and all that stuff, when I had, you know, when I was asked about audio, hey, we you need a microphone, need to sound good. I just wanted to plug something in and, and let it happen. I did not know any of the intricacies of audio, microphones, setups, anything like that. So someone like Mike is just a godsend for people, you know, that – see, streamers and whatever, they're in a weird spot where they're not actually, like, as interested mm-hmm. in the audio stuff, but they still need to know. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's It's a it's... weird conundrum. It's kind of as your as a streamer, it's almost like your your weapon in a way. Like yeah. the microphone is the way you're communicating with your audience and having good sound, knowing which microphone is going to be right for you, uh, where you should be placing it, how you should be using it. Because, and this is something we talk about too. He has services that you should absolutely check out. We'll have all the descriptions as well as the episode goes along. But understanding how to use all this equipment is just as important as buying the right stuff because. It's like what they yeah. say in the world of film. You can have the most expensive video camera, but without the right cinematographer or director using that equipment, it doesn't really ma- doesn't mean much. Mm-hmm. Some people can do more better work with an iPhone um, than than uh, the most expensive camera because they know how to use it. So it's uh, we, we try to really uh, touch upon all that information today and, and how you can utilize your equipment better. Awesome. <laughs> Pure, All right, everybody, strap pure in. Awesomeness. Yeah, it was pure awesomeness. <laughs> uh, Mike Delgadio, Booth Junkie. Here we go. You're no longer in Pittsburgh, is this correct? You're now in that's correct. Fairfield. Okay, so when did yeah, you make yeah, that move? Yeah, sort of greater greater New York area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've been here now about three years. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I was doing, I did a little dive on your uh, LinkedIn, and I want to now. I don't know if this is going to be correct. I probably according. need to update my LinkedIn. Well, oh, 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 here we go. So, according to LinkedIn, you yeah. have been doing voiceover since 2013. So that would make this yeah. eight That's years. Ten. Does that sound yeah, right? Yeah. Correct. Thirteen. Yeah. yeah, I guess 2013. Yeah. Somewhere around there. Yeah, yeah. yeah eight, eight, nine years, <laughs> something like that. Crazy. Feels like you know these these past couple of years. It's felt like 20. Yeah. So who knows? so much more work in the past couple of years so oh well that's good yeah 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 you can't really complain about that but also for everybody here who doesn't know i'm sure we'll have explained this already in the intro but you have a youtube channel called booth yeah. junkie and that you've been doing for six years yeah and over a hundred thousand subscribers congrats on a hundred thousand thank you it's thank a, you i appreciate it um thank you I was saying this in our, our in in our lobby, so to speak. Uh, I have been watching Mike here, uh, Mike Delgadio, with the most perfect fitting name uh, for anybody who could do what he does. Uh, you, I have been watching your channel because I've been doing this for a while. Like I've been doing this ten years, but I haven't really honed in and focused on my uh, 
obsession right now with voiceover and microphones and audio for probably the past four years. So your channel was just kind of coming around at that time. And I have watched probably every video that you've put out. I'm not even ah, kidding. I've, that's I've, awesome. I appreciate it. Um, I became obsessed with understanding microphones, the the technology behind audio um, interfaces, every single thing to kind of make sure that for me, when I'm doing what I'm doing, this is never the reason why something is not right or I'm not booking a job or I'm unable to do my job. I wanted to understand everything, so I'm like, set it and forget it, and I just have to worry about acting. That was my goal. Right. And... and I was able to find so many resources that hopefully we'll dive into now in terms of various microphones, interfaces, pop filters, high-pass filters, blah, 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 blah. We'll get in there. But first, I would love people to get to know you a little bit. Um, you, like I said, have been doing this for eight years or so. You do tons of audiobooks. You are the narrator for the New York Times. You want to ex- uh, dive in on that or, or what yeah, that, that entails? Uh, yeah, that contract, it was actually a contract for several years, and it was when... It's not a contract anymore. So it was when uh, the New York Times, we used to read it. The We'd get the the newspaper the night before. Yeah. And a bunch of us would read a whole bunch of articles for Audible the next morning. So we had this really ultra fast turnaround of we'd get the we'd get the New York Times a little bit before everybody else. Yeah. And we'd narrate it and it would go up on Audible the next day back when... Uh, uh, Audible, it was sort of before they got into the Audible originals, and it was sort of the precursor to that. And I was for New York Times and for Atlas Obscura. I used to work for both of those channels. They were called the Audible channels. But and, those don't, they don't exist anymore. Ah, okay, okay. Uh, yeah. The Times, the Times, the Times, yeah. they say. Yeah, well, the New York right. Times. So <laughs> uh, uh, you're also doing tons of audiobooks separately. I saw recently you just you just like recorded a, a nice 16-hour one, or that was the halfway mark. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, I do a I do a lot of I do a lot of audiobooks, but it's mostly like industrial audiobooks. Like I don't do a lot of I don't do like a lot of fiction audiobooks. I'm not you won't see a ton of titles for me on on Audible, even though I've recorded probably 25 audiobooks. They're mostly uh, industrial books, a lot of training books. I'm the voice of um, a, just a trade organization where I've read all of their textbooks. We did all of their textbooks as audiobooks. So these so these guys who are like doing on-the-job training could also listen to it. Mm. A lot of times it's uh, English as a second language. So we wanted to make sure that they had access to everything. You know, probably 300 hours worth of, of content, <laughs> textbooks. That yeah. was quite challenging. Uh, so lots of content, even though you don't see a ton from me, not a ton from me on, on Audible. But I have done, boy, more than my share of more than my share of audiobooks. Well, they can be quite um, intensive to record such things, and, and I think it's a, a lot marathon. Of, uh, yeah, very much yeah, so a marathon. A marathon. <laughs> I don't think I think for a lot of people when they're starting out in uh, voiceover, oftentimes the desire comes from to work in cartoons or video games or animation. But the majority of work that is out there, by and large, is you know industrial, radio, commercial, promo, mm-hmm. all these different things. That that's where you're also going to make a majority of your money too is uh, uh, working for these uh, corporate companies that have actual budgets to, to put yeah. out this uh, content. Right. Um, for you, so now that you're in Connecticut, let's take a step back. How did you, because um, the question I want to get into is, is what is the type of work or where are you getting your work living outside of kind of the major hubs? But before we even get to that, uh, I would love to know, like, so where did this all start? Where did your love for either voiceover, acting, and the passion for microphones and audio equipment, where did all that, all that come from? 
it's sort of a confluence of events. I've, you know, even growing up as a teenager, people like, oh, you got you got a voice, right? Yeah. yeah, my voice is my voice is what my voice is, and and people have always commented, you've got a voice. And I thought, and I I may have told this story before, but I thought I was going to be like a radio DJ when I was a when I was in high school. I thought, like, I want to be on on morning drive radio. And then I realized like how hard it is to get to be on morning drive radio and the dues you have to pay. And I went and, you know, visited some guys at radio stations. I was like, oh, man, this is not for me. This doesn't actually sound it's it was glamorized a lot more. And once I saw the reality of working for radio, I was like, I'm not going to be a radio guy. Mm. Not my not my thing. And then at that same time, um, you know, being being of a certain age, I was around when the advent of the infomercial was like invented and there was always this guy at the end of the infomercial that was that would be like call 1-800-555-1212 and for only four dollars and 95 minutes shipping and handling and it was just this big giant voice behind a blue screen with a phone number i was like yeah that's the guy i want to be i don't want to be on camera <laughs> i don't want to be on camera i want to be this big voice of god behind the scenes that nobody that nobody can see and i wanted to do that for a long time and that was back in the 80s when trying to get into this kind of work was a lot, a lot harder. It's gotten so much easier mm. uh, over the over the course of time. So I ended up just, you know, kind of going into the corporate world. I did a lot of training, did a lot of, you know, just screencast kind of kind of training and turns out that I really like the teaching aspect of it. That's one of the things that was the genesis for the YouTube channel is mm. I really enjoy passing along the information. Um, and so it, things happen. You go into off into the real world. You go off into the corporate job. And I did the corporate work for a long, 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 long time. And then when I, uh, when I moved to Pittsburgh, I uh, was brand new to the city. And I was going to go take a, a, a class, like, you know, a good way to meet people when you're, you know, over a certain age. Uh, you go and, you know, you're just going to go take a class. I'm going to take a class sure. in black and white photography or something like that. And I'll meet some people and hopefully, you know, make some make some new friends. And when I was looking at the when I was looking at the course catalog for this particular university that was in Pittsburgh, doesn't exist anymore. But uh, there was a there was a class. On, it was called the, the, the Art and Business of VoiceOver. Mm. I was like, haha, I'll try that. People have always said, you have a good voice. You've always wanted to do this thing. I'll go take that class. And the very first night, they had us get in front of a microphone, get into a studio, and read something. And I was terrible at it, as we all are in the, in the first one. But as soon as I came out and I heard my voice on these these great big monitors and this big Pro Tools rig, and I heard the way I sound, I was like, wait a minute. That's what I sound like? That's the greatest thing I've ever heard. I want yeah. to do that. Isn't it crazy? That Most people have the, the feeling of like they hate their voice, but I yeah. had that similar experience when I heard myself right. on some loudspeakers in a, in a final mix. I was like, I, right. whoa, I can whoa. sound like that? <laughs> yeah, it's magical, exactly. right? Exactly. I mean, I don't know if you were like me. I'd heard myself recorded a lot, yeah. you know, a lot of times. So I know I didn't actually sound like this. Yeah, I, knew, yeah. I knew what I sounded like. And so, but I never really heard myself over like the real the real stuff with yeah. a real mic and the real you know like you said in the final mix where it sounded good and and I was just like I was hooked that <laughs> night first night of class I went I, I went on Craigslist and I got myself a microphone I got myself a a, a, a terrible recorder mm. and I just and I I think since then I've been in front of a microphone 99 and a half percent of days since then I love wow. it 
I love it. I love it. I love it. I love being in front of the microphone. I love hearing myself talk. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, and almost almost to my uh, you know to my detriment. I yeah. <laughs> people are like, all right, Paul, all right, that's right. enough. Now you the want thing a podcast? I had to learn. <laughs> right. The thing I had to learn over time is is nobody wanted to hear my funny voices anymore. So that you know, I I learned that you know I was the guy that was always doing the funny voices, and I was like, oh, I gotta. Keep that for in front of the microphone. I, yeah. I got to stop performing for my friends, and I got to start performing for the microphone. So it probably saved a bunch of my friendships. <laughs> <laughs> a very healthy outlet for you that's know, right. your own, your that's own right. guilty pleasures. That's so right. that's that's that's. Uh, I mean, that's amazing. I have a very similar experience in terms of acting, and and obviously when I started focusing on voiceover, I had that very kind of transformational experience. And you, you touched a little bit on the the YouTube channel and the reason for, behind starting that. Where mm-hmm. did you? Obviously, you know, starting the YouTube channel, you're you're teaching a lot of this information to people. Where were you finding your information or learning about the ins yeah. and outs of, of of the various different audio equipments, interfaces, mics, and all that stuff? Where were you getting that information from yourself? Yeah, it was it was really all over the place. I mean, I learned stuff in, in that class. I got a couple of books. Like I got some of the books, like audio engineering, that are that were way over my head, still over my head. And I was trying to understand that my my career trajectory had gone through, you know, the the tech world. So I was. I was a web developer in 1996. Like you know, I was, I, I was, uh, uh, I was really into tech at the time. So yeah. I, I got to learn a bunch of stuff. So the concepts, once we started to get into the digital audio workstations and a lot of the stuff that we have here, so much of that that carried over. So I was able to make sort of lateral leaps in thinking from the the tech and the programming stuff that I had done over into the real world. Mm. But I was doing so much of the research, reading books on like music production and audio production that were really about bands ah. and and I was trying to make the mental correlation of how does that work in voice like when they're talking about compressors for drums compressors for drums it's the same buttons you're twiddling but it's for a completely different purpose most of the time that for what we're doing for voice mm. and so I was trying to learn like okay I understand conceptually what these things do how does it actually apply to what I want to do why mm. why are we using these same tools what am I using them for what am I hoping to achieve and it was a lot of experimentation a lot of just like learning by I don't know by feeling my way along for lack of a lack of a better um lack of a better term and so then what I would that's you know part of why I did a lot of the stuff that I did on my YouTube channel is like I was trying to coalesce stuff that I was learning from one area and just trying to pay it forward to other people who are in my same scenarios like well here's what I learned I want to give it to whoever whoever else could benefit from this yeah. if there's something that I can help you with I, I love that part I love I love teaching I love transferring that knowledge I just love it I love it between you and good friends of mine, Dan Leonard and George Whittem, you know, there yeah. was just, and obviously there's a lot of other people who are doing various different things, but from, also from, I think, different backgrounds. And, I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong here. I, I feel like, historically within the, the industry, a majority of audio equipment was really geared towards musicians. And yeah. the career of voiceover 
um, even separate from radio, is still kind of something I feel like most people are engineering for music. And it's not like we're specifically engineering this piece of equipment for someone in voiceover. It's maybe starting to happen now I, I, with certain things, but do you feel that that's a, that to be kind of true with the equipment that we've been using historically? I, I mean, I think that's true. I think, you know, so many, certainly when I was when I was getting started, every single place that I went to record, when I was hired to record radio, TV, anything like that, I was going to a studio where there was a blanket over a drum set. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? I was in the studio where the vocalist was playing or where they had guitar cabinets that were mic'd. It was very rare that I went into a voiceover booth. Mm. I went into a recording studio that was primarily functioning for their love was recording music. Yeah. And they would supplement their income by doing like industrial radio TV stuff that they could just knock out that that wasn't too too difficult. And so a lot of the same it's certainly the same equipment. I mean, it's still, you know, we're using compressors and equalizers and all the stuff that you use for music, but I think for voice we use them differently. Mm -hmm. We're not trying to we don't use gated reverb on on our voice. You yeah. know what I mean? There's so much stuff that they that they do in music production that we just do differently. And I think probably there's I don't have a ton of experience with this, but you know, when you think about where was dialogue really recorded, it was movie sets. Mm -hmm. It was, you know, TV studios. And I think they used a lot of the same equipment, but they understood what to do. And for a lot of folks, when I was, you know, recording my demo, it was like it was like it was like trade secrets. They didn't want to share how they twiddled their knobs and buttons because that was that was their job security that was their secret sauce and now that we've got everything democratized on YouTube where everybody wants to to give stuff away i think a lot of those a lot of those secrets it's you have to know how to twiddle the knobs it's not the fact that you can twiddle the knobs you you still got to learn and internalize and those secrets they don't they don't necessarily apply anymore oh absolutely i mean That's i what think, I think. From, from I'm, I'm going to guess here, I think you're using a shotgun microphone overhead right now, right? Is that, Four, yeah. yeah, my 416. The 416. Right I have this. I, I have every single mic. I, in the event that it came up, I have your one of your favorite mics, I believe, here, the Caddy 100S. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Love it. Um, Love it. But, but this microphone here, this is the Cinco D2. I have my my yeah. 416 behind me, but same yep. element uh, uh, yeah. idea. You know, these were made for film sets to be right. used outside you know in right. to, to protect against the elements and now it's the 416 is one of the most you know highly used commercial radio promo microphones out there yeah yeah, um, yeah. And i love it on my voice it sounds great on you and I, you know i think about it you know people ask me like shotgun microphones i recommend them all the time because this microphone was designed for dialogue yeah Right. It's not designed to record a guitar or a drum set. You don't see these in recording studios. You see them on movie sets to record our voice. So what do we do? We're recording voice. Yeah, let's use <laughs> let's use let's use a four sixteen. Yeah, I, especially I, I, in I the world of, of home studios, which is the next thing I kinda wanna transition to. I think these shotgun microphones really do well where mm -hmm. most people are battling the various elements, whether that's lawn mowers or you know, air conditioner rumblings and et cetera, you know, anything to just kind of make sure whatever that's picking up is the voice, the dialogue, what's right in front of it. Yeah. Um, something you do is you do work with people on their home studios and that's yeah. kind of a, a journey. I actually watched you go through on your YouTube channel, transitioning from one type of home studio to the next, <laughs> to another. Yeah. Um, yeah. What is, well, I mean, we could talk so much about the, the home studio process and I, we'll get into the, the nitty gritty, but in terms of working with clients and helping them set 
up their own home studio. What is kind of the the number one recurring problem people are coming to you with or why are they seeking your help in counsel with their home studio? Yeah. I mean, for me, there's a a couple of just very recurring things that happen is, is I think there is still what feels like black magic to, you have the microphone, you have a disc drive, what happens in between? Mm -hmm. When do you compress? When do you equalize? How do I know what I'm supposed to set? What am I listening for? What's the order of events that I should try and do these things? Why am I doing these things? What order do I need to do them? Can you help me walk through my settings? It's one thing to watch a YouTube video and you say, well, these are the ratio and attack and release and all that stuff. But what do I need to do for my voice with my microphone in my room? And I certainly help people help people through with that. And then it's okay, well, can you be a second set of ears? Is this right? I've made a bunch of decisions, but it's it's my voice and my headphones and my interface. Could you listen to it and tell me what you hear? Mm-hmm. And, you know, for some people, it's just like, oh, yeah, you, you're, I, I get to be objective. I get to be critical. And I say, well, you know, there's too much reverb here. There's too much bass here. Why are you cutting this? Or your S sound sounds like a needle in my ear. And they're, you know, most of the time they're grateful. They're like, I, I can't hear it. I'm so close to my own voice. I'm so close to it. I can't hear it anymore. Yeah. I've listened to this stuff over and over and over again. I don't even know what I'm hearing anymore. So just getting a second set of ears that is willing to be critical um, is very helpful. And I try and be critical in a productive way. I'm not, I'm not say you suck because nobody sucks. We're all yeah. just on this journey towards getting better. You know, I, I have huge, enormous respect for uh, George and Dan that you mentioned before. And, you know, I, I would, you know, happily give my voice to them and go and have them go, Mike, you suck. You need to fix this, this, this and this. Because I, you know, I've gotten comfortable with the way I sound. I know the way I sound. But there's probably tons of improvements by having that second set of ears say, yeah, but have you thought about this, this, this and this to try and make your sound better? And that's just what I try and do. What that's I the, do the, exactly the first thing I did when I moved to L.A. I was in kind of a, a mad rush to put my studio together. I had Dan come here, and we just started moving things around, which is He's the best it. area of the room to place the microphone. Uh, right, right. You know, things we don't necessarily think about. Bass traps, do you want, if there, is there something that's, that's good? Or, you know, I've got, a, I don't know if you yeah. can see them, I've got a bunch of clouds hanging overhead. Yeah. And yeah. just all of those kind of things that... So many people, I think, <clears throat> think you just want to get into a closet that's surrounded by pads, which certainly mm-hmm. does help to a degree. But there is kind of a science behind how sound yeah. travels. Sure. Um, sure. And having somebody to be able to say, well, you're suffocating the microphone right now. <laughs> you know, you got to right. take a step back, wherever, whatever it might be. I right. found that infinitely helpful. And um, if, if you are offering those services to people, I would highly recommend checking that out because I've been in yeah. a scenario where I've very much needed it myself. So, because like you said, you just get so used to it. Yeah. And everybody needs a second set of ears. I think no matter how far down the road you are, everybody needs a second set of ears. There's a reason why multi-million dollar athletes still have coaches <laughs> because they need somebody to look at them and, and objectively say, here's where you need to improve X, Y, and Z. And that we all need, we all need that. You never get to the end. You always could stand to get somebody else's opinion. Yeah. <laughs> and especially if it's somebody that you trust, you know, George and Dan, they're, they're amazing guys. They're brilliant at what they do. Brilliant at what they, what they do. Mm-hmm. I've, I've had George consult for me. 
Yeah. You know, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of George Woodham. He's consulted for me a, a number of times just to to help me through stuff when I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Just and he knows his stuff. He, he, he knows really, his stuff. This is this is life. And, and he's he just, knows his stuff. Yeah. That's for I, sure. They, and they also have a, a wonderful podcast as well. Yeah. Uh, and you should check that out if you are looking yeah. for more information like this. Um, before we kind of move into, I think, the, the, the part that I'd love to talk about the most, which is obviously microphones and the gear and stuff, is there was there a favorite video in your six-year journey so far that you've had creating or the, the biggest lesson you've learned or, or surprise in, in terms of the YouTube channel? Was there something you enjoyed diving into the most? Because those the videos you make, you change between various microphones. You're doing skits kind of within them. You're showing visual <laughs> representations. Yeah, People, seriously, yeah. check out uh, Mike's channel if you haven't. The, the videos are amazing. Was there, was there a favorite that stands out to you to make or you think that people yeah. would like the most? Yeah, there there yeah. were a couple. There were a couple that happened really early. Once uh, when I got my first Neumann microphone I made a I made a video I made two different videos one was called a fair comparison one was called an unfair comparison where I recorded with one of the first Craigslist microphones I bought I had like a, a, a like a $15 used AKG Perception 100 eBay special you can get them all day long for like 40 bucks and I got one like oh would you like this one too when I went and bought a microphone off Craigslist uh-huh. and it's it's Cheap, 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 cheap. And I had a, my $1,300, my, my Neumann TLM-103. And I used the Perception in my booth and my Neumann in my laundry room. And I was like, look, you can, you can, you can drop three grand on a U87 if you want, and it's going to sound like junk in a room that's not well treated. Yeah. But if you have an inexpensive mic in a great room, that mic's gonna shine and the perception mic really shone in that in that sound. Now the 103 would also shine really well in a good booth, but it does not perform well in a bad room. Yeah. Because because of what it does, it will reveal everything that's wrong with it. So, you know, it's one of the things that we say all the time is if you got a budget, spend like 80% of it on your room. Mm. Then the electronics come come after, um, and so I did one where I did the unfair version where I compared one in the in the other, and then I did put them together in the same one, so you could see what the difference between a thirteen hundred dollar mic and a fifteen you know hundred dollar mic, yeah. what, what the difference was, and that was really fun because people were like, well, why are you why are you doing that? Isn't fair? I'm like, yeah. The video is called an unfair comparison. <laughs> <laughs> Read the titles, people. Read the titles. And, and so, you know, that, that sort of stuff's fun. I, I made a video um, where I acoustically treated my shower. I, I love um, that video. Yeah. And, and that was, you know, it really, I mean, I tried to really show, like, this is what you need to do. It's yeah. the room. And it I sounded good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like you can make it. Good. You know, it's a lot of OC703 to take to make that happen. But you yeah. can make it sound good. You can make it sound good. So I think this is a, a, a great, as we talk about, you know, putting these microphones in, in less than ideal situations, I think a lot of people think, as with most things in life, I spend the most amount of money, I'm going to have the best results. And that's often not the case that I don't think. I think there's a, a right set of gear for, for the right people and also working within your own budget. There's way better ways of being efficient than spending X amount of dollars on a Neumann U87, uh, yeah. you know, for example. Yeah. Um, what do you think are the best microphones right now are there like five microphones that stand out to you let's let's start from the larger scale 
in first. Well, you know what? Actually, I take it back. I'm sorry. I want I want people really from an educational standpoint to understand this. What are the things that people should be looking for in microphones when making the purchase for themselves? Obviously, there's various styles. Is that the the you know like the the polar patterns and things like that? Mm -hmm. What are the main things people should be looking out for uh, when making their purchases? A couple of things that I look for when I'm thinking about it when I'm thinking about a purchase is that the frequency response graph can give you some indication of what that mic's, how it's going to perform. Yeah. And most of the mics we have now, they've got that huge presence boost up around 5,000 hertz, 10,000 hertz, somewhere in that range. And you kind of have to listen to your own voice, even if you're just recording yourself on your phone and say, okay, if is my S sound, am I really sibilant? Do I have an S that, that whistles? And knowing that that presence boost is not going to be doing you any favors. So maybe you need to look for a mic that's a little bit flatter. So that response graph, even if it's, you know, I, I know it's a generalization, but it can at least give you a sense of if that mic's going to help you or not. The pattern, of course, is is one that I, I talk about all the time with folks. That cardioid pattern can, can hurt, yeah. right? So that cardioid pattern, when it's really wide... It's going to make a, a bad sound sound a bad room sound worse because it's going to hear much you know a lot of that echo. If you can think about a shotgun, sometimes a pencil condenser is the right answer. Sometimes a supercardioid is the right answer um, to try and make the best of a less than ideal situation. Mm -hmm. um, you know, th those are the kinds of things um, I, I often ask. What kind of what kind of voice acting do you want to do? If you want to get into, you know, anime overdubs, that's way different than if you want to record audiobooks. One, you're, mm. you know, you're screaming. Maybe you need one with a pad switch uh, so, that you can, so that you can scream in front of it and not have to, you know, mess with the dials uh, quite so much. So sometimes those things, trying to understand what people are looking for, what kind of work that they want to do. There's a big delta between ASMR voiceover and <laughs> anime, right? And I would different think mics. So. <laughs> so, you know, you got to think about, okay, how am I going to use this? And yeah, there's a couple of mics that are going to work for, you know, everything. You know, you get a there's a, there's a handful of microphones in the five hundred dollar range that are going to work for a bunch of stuff. Um, but it does help to really kind of think about why why you're choosing the mic. Yeah. And what kind of work you want to do. I was just consulting with somebody yesterday and we ended up, we settled on two different mics for two different purposes, right? So mm -hmm. he's got one kind of work that he likes to do and this microphone is good for that. And he's got another kind of work that he likes to do and that microphone was good for that. And it just was easier rather than trying to find one microphone that did everything. We ended up finding two that were right. Just like you have. You've got, you know, you've got your Cinco or your 416 and you've yeah. got the... Neat, uh, microphone in front of you, well, yeah. right? Different thing, different different mics for different purposes. Oh yeah, I mean, I have my 103 and my 416 right next to each other because I want yeah. it to be. I want them both to be readily accessible for whatever the circumstances. Sometimes it's a louder day outside. Sometimes I'm doing an audio book. You know, I I don't want to necessarily just sit on that right. 103 all day long on every single right. project I do. Right. Um, I do I do find now that a lot of there there has become. A gold standard, let's say, specifically in like the L.A. voiceover world where um, the biggest names that come around in casting breakdowns for people are the 103, the U87 and the 416. 
those have notoriously been kind of like the at least from an animation yeah they're like the reference microphones and a lot of studios aren't really educated to know that like you know you look at a mic like this which is one of my favorite microphones the 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 a16 or akg uh, 414xl2 because these got like a billion different iterations of this microphone um one of my favorite mics and i think it actually works much better for me than the 103 and depending upon what um, i'm trying to do yeah Um, for sure no budget for somebody right now, what are the top three for you that aren't those three gold standards? Which would those three microphones that are your kind of favorites right now that keep coming up in conversations for you for one reason or for another? Um, if somebody didn't have a budget on a microphone, which are the which are the three that you'd kind of you mean to? a money is no object kind of money budget? is no object at this point? They've already gotten their studio in place, their their interface is taken care of. What are the mics that are keep coming up for you, uh, male, female, you know, uh, varying different voices? Which are the ones that just keep coming uh, to converse, conversations for you? Yeah, the ones, I mean, the ones that come up for conversation for me, um, the Austrian audio microphones, um, the OC-18, and I know, you know, I was given one by Austrian audio. Sure. But a lot of microphones that I'm given, they sit on my shelf over there and they don't make a lot of, they don't make a lot of comebacks. The Austrian audio is in my booth a lot. And I, I think that that microphone, I think that microphone is going to become like a 103 Mm. kind of microphone. Because it's 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 very similar in form factor, uh, it's similar in price, but it sounds different from the 103. I think it it I think it's a good contrast to the 103. A lot of people think the 103 is really hyped, and for some voices, it doesn't sound great. It can sound can sometimes sound glassy. People think it's a really hyped mic, whereas the the the, the OC18 for me is a little bit darker. It's a little bit smoother. And I think it flatters some other voices quite well. Um, it, it, you know, I, I think that that's a mic that's that's really going to... I think that's a mic that's really going to last. Mm. Uh, I, I, I certainly hope so. I really like the, what they're doing. I think I think, they're, I think their mics are really good. Oh. I think the other mic that's um, going to become a classic, and again, I was given this one, and I don't want to sound like a shill, but it's one that I've... Um, I've used quite a bit. It's the new uh, Lewitt, the LCT uh, 1040. That thing looks insane. Is unbelievable. <laughs> it is unbelievable because it's like ten mics in one. If yeah. you know, if not more, it's it's kind of all the mics, which is, you know, and at the same price as a U87, I think it has way way more to offer than than a U87 for mm. both the talent and the director, the engineer. Yeah, because of that remote control unit that doesn't have to be within ten feet of the microphone. You can keep the engineer can dial in that microphone in front of his monitors, her monitors. I, I think that's a game changer where you don't oh. have to go out and adjust it, and you can you can. Uh, it's just so good. It is yeah. so good. You so can good. really dial into whatever yeah. sound you're looking for right from the microphone yeah. without doing yeah. any post processing. Yeah. And I think Lewitt Lewitt's doing it right. They're putting out they've got a nice wide range of microphones, but they're all really, really good and yes. they've all got they got their right they got it's their one right of my place. favorite mics right here too, the four forty pure. 440. I think it sounds it's yeah. a great microphone. Four forty's great. The uh the six forty where you can get the uh the uh, where you can adjust the polar pattern after the fact, like you can record with it and then change it from a cardioid to a figure eight to a super cardioid in software after. Like that's insane. That's a, it's cool. It's yeah. So cool. <laughs> so cool. So cool. 
So those, I mean, those are a couple microphones that, that come yeah. to mind for me as being relatively new microphones. I mean, yeah, there's always like the, you know, the, the Neumann, you know, a lot of their other microphones that have been classics forever that people talk about forever. But I think there's been such an explosion of new microphones. There's been such an explosion of, of stuff as the content creation sort of aspect that, you know, there's all this stuff that people are looking for. I think those are two microphones that are going to stand out. And I think we'll, we're potentially still talking about them 10 years from now. Interesting. I, think. I mean, there's such, uh, I'm really curious to see where the technology is going again, like with that Bluett microphone doing so much, giving you that capability, having yeah. like an external interface for its own microphone where you can dial into exactly what you're doing. Right. The name of the microphone is escaping me right now. There's a microphone that you can virtually emulate any other mic um townsend sphere maybe it's yeah yeah, now it's uh now it's universal audio sphere i think they they acquired townsend yeah um uh, yeah i i bought one of those and it's i mean it's really amazing just like the same thing happened in music right they have these uh these devices now that model all these different amps and different heads and all that stuff so a guitar player could could switch between a hundred different amps now you get the chance to switch between dozens of microphones and some really specific unique microphones like this is the one from blackbird studio that we modeled that's the one (laughs) and that's that's cool i mean that's that's definitely definitely cool i think that's i think that's going to continue as you know ai becomes ever more important and it our computers are able to do that that so much that stuff is going to get abstracted into software and and hope and hopefully take things in ways that we haven't even thought about yet Oh, I, I can only imagine. I mean, you, you, we're seeing it even from the, like you said, the, the the interface preamp standpoint. I mean, how do you feel about with like uh, what Universal Audio is doing with all of their, uh, the you know, the the virtual the oh, yeah. emulation of like the seven thirty seven, the Avalon? Yeah, I, yeah. yeah. I, I tell you what, I, I don't have I don't have an Apollo Twin. I yeah. but that is definitely something that I would think about because I've got a seven thirty seven right there, and it is a it can be a real pain to use. Mm-hmm. Um, and if the software can get me ninety five percent of the way there over the piece of hardware, I'll take this. I'll take the software because For I don't like having price. to write. What's that? For the tenth of the price too. Yeah, yeah for <laughs> sure. I mean. Not the least of which is it takes my Avalon a half an hour to warm up. Yeah. If I want it yeah. to sound the same session to session, I got to wait a half an hour. Like, I want to record right now. Yeah. I don't want to record in a half an hour. I want to record right now. And then I don't want to have to write a, rec- a recall sheet or narrate my settings. Okay, the compression is set here and the equalizer button is in and the compressor is before the equalizer and your output set. Here. Like, you know, I ha- you got to write all that stuff down with the hardware. Yeah. But with the software, you just say, remember that preset. Yep. <laughs> I use it all the time, and I've had studios on various different projects. I recorded a, an anime movie from my home studio here, and uh, we were going straight from my 103 into my Apollo, and they were like, they're like, you have, wait, you have the Apollo? They are like, you have, uh, you have any of those, like, plugins and stuff? I was like, yeah, I have the 737 thing. He's like, put that on. Great. And we wound up recording with the, the virtual 737 because that nice. was the sound. It saves the, the yourself so much work in post-production. Right. It's like, what can you do prior to getting to the editing room to make sure all of that stuff is sounding the way you want it to? And I think that applies for every 
field yeah, of totally. profession. Hey, voice actors, just wanted to take a quick second from this episode to let you know about an amazing opportunity we have for Points of Experience listeners. We've teamed up with Voice123.com to get you all 15% off their premium membership starting with the $3.95 tier. Now, they also offer a free membership where you can check it out and see what they're about. But with the paid memberships, you're going to get access to more auditions. You're going to get your auditions faster. You're going to get better support. You can upload more samples. All of that is going to be available with the paid memberships. I've used it before in my career, and I've curated my own client list that I've still worked with today. I started making money. It's also a great opportunity for you to take a portfolio of this paid work and present it to agents or managers and say, hey, look, I'm professional, I'm bookable, I've made money doing this, and here are the jobs that I did it on in TV, radio, commercial, video games, animation. They have it all at Voice123. So go to voice123.com slash plans slash POX, and you're going to get 15% off their paid memberships if you are a first-time premium package buyer or looking to upgrade into a higher tier that you've never purchased before. I promise you it's a great place to start working. So check it out and start booking today. Just because I know there's so many people here who are getting started in this industry of voiceover specifically and they're you know the, the question again of, of what microphone should I be getting? A lot of people are starting out and they're on a budget. Um, there's so many microphones now you know, we're talking about like, you know, this microphone here is like 200 bucks. There's so many microphones that are doing uh, great things, you know, like the the Rode NT1, the Stellar X2. These are really cool microphones for under 300 200 dollars at a certain point. What is what is one of the microphones that's on the lower end that's really uh, impressed you uh, that you would recommend to somebody starting out that um, male or female, doesn't matter, kind of the, the, the one that stands out? Yeah, a couple, couple that stand out to me. You mentioned a couple of them, that Stellar X2. It's a good mic. I like the Stellar uh, X3, a little bit darker. That's a nice mm. one. Um, the uh, Is that the King B in front of you, the King B2? Yeah, this that's, is the King B2. Yeah, that's. An, I mean, that sounds, that punches way, way above its weight. Yeah. Um, at $179. I just reviewed the Aston Spirit and compared it to my uh, U87 yeah. AI. And it's darn close at wow. one, you know, at uh, 10 times less. Like the Aston Spirit, I think, when I was doing the research for the video, it was like a, a an order of magnitude. That's when I named the video, right? Because the Aston Spirit was $329 and the U87 was $3,290. It was like exactly a factor of 10, 10 wow. times more expensive for the U87. But the Aston Spirit, I I went back and forth and back and forth in the in in the video, and you have to really really be paying attention to notice that I'm switching back and forth. If you close wow. your eyes, a really trained ear can hear it, but most of the time you're like people are like oh, I didn't even notice that you were switching back and forth, and like you know ten times ten times thirty two uh, thirty two hundred dollars versus three hundred twenty nine dollars at the Aston Spirit. Um, it's nice, you know, made made in England. It's got all the same functionality. It's like almost the exact same buttons and switches and stuff on there. It's like just, it's a great, it's a great mic. Um, the uh, the Lewitt 440 that you have has yeah. really has really kind of taken the world by storm. It, but it's a bright mic, right? So that's uh, n- not necessarily. I, I don't necessarily like it if you've got like a really sharp or sibilant voice. Mm-hmm. That can sometimes be uh, a little a little too much. Um, I haven't been as much of a fan of the the new the replacement for that CAD E100S the E100SX. It's yeah. it's really dark. Um, 
it could be right for some voices. I don't think it was right for mine. I, the changes that they made to it, I don't think flatter my voice. Mm-hmm. But if you do have like a really sharp, kind of sizzly voice, that can help tame it down. But it's uh, it's dark. It's dark. Yeah. No, no high end. No I've high I've end only seen story. video reviews of it, and I've seen it, and I know. Just, just I, I, I became very fascinated with this microphone. I've seen you talk about it so much, and yeah, I was. That's a great one. It's, it's, I love it. Yeah, it is great, and it's got a. And, <laughs> and this is a really good question at this point. Um, these two buttons right here for people who don't know, I'm not sure if it's uh-huh. in focus. These things are called pads and high pass filters. Yeah. yeah. Um, how important are these to you, and specifically for you know uh, like pads and sense? How often are you encouraging people to use a pad versus throwing their gain down a little bit or stepping a little further away from the microphone? How how versatile do, does does something like this on a microphone make you? It uh, the thing I like about it a pad switch, and I, I'm rarely critical of a mic that doesn't have it. Right, it's just a choice the manufacturer makes. A lot of mics that we have that are hyper expensive don't have those switches, um, so that you do have to go over and, and you know adjust the gain on your on your interface. You might need to move away from the microphone. What I like about a pad switch is if you are doing a really dynamic performance. So. Like I, I narrate for a, a, a podcast and every once in a while, like they'll need Foley from me where they're like, okay, you're doing Walla where you got to scream. Yeah. You're dying. You're screaming bloody murder. Uh, and so, you know, I got to really scream bloody murder. And so I'll hit the pad switch because what I found is it just makes it quieter without changing the tonality. So I can still say the same distance from the mic. You pull away from the mic, you're going to sound different. Proximity effect changes. You know, especially if it's a, you know, a a narrower pattern microphone, like that Caddy 100S, that super cardioid pattern, that proximity effect extends even farther from the mic. So, uh, so if you're like, well, I got to be quieter. So I'm going to move back six inches i'm going to move back a foot well you've changed the proximity effect you're changing a little bit of your tonality Uh, whereas if you just hit the pad switch you're just you're just dimming it so you'll still sound the same when they go back and add that gain back in after the fact i find that there's there's much less of a tonality change so that pad switch can can really can really help Mm. the high pass the high pass filter um for those who don't know that just means high pass at everything from a certain frequency above gets passed and everything below gets blocked and it's really it's a it's a slope depending on how they've engineered this the circuit but those are good i usually don't lean on those too hard in my nice controlled studio i don't i don't lean on the the high pass filters too much to roll to roll away that bass i find that it's just just as effective for me to do it in software yeah after the fact with my eq Uh, but there have been folks that i've coached like that Fakakta furnace that's in the next room, I, I, that's always there. I'm like, well, turn your high-pass filter on or get a mic yeah. with a high-pass filter so that rumble isn't there. Or if you've got you know, trucks two blocks over, when that bass, when they're idling, that <laughs> rumble yeah. comes into your mic, just, just high-pass it away. You're going to high-pass it most likely um, afterwards. Let's, yeah. not, let's not muddy up your recording after the fact. You know, so that, that stuff can... That's when those come into play. But down here in my concrete room that's really super acoustically treated, I don't do a, I do a, don't do a lot with high passing. Sure. And what about in then in that sense for somebody um <clears throat> for you, are there any plugins that you're using um after the fact that that you find very useful in your workflow or you yeah. think might be work uh useful for somebody who doesn't have 
you know a perfected studio yet is there a, a certain uh, chain of plugins that you you really like yeah yeah i mean 90 percent of the time i'd say um i still use um isotopes voice denoise oh yeah and mouth declick those exist in the front of my chain even though my noise floor is like minus 60 um i just i i always have that because I tend to move a lot. Yeah. If you've watched my videos, I gesticulate, man. I, <laughs> my hands are all over the place. And that, that shirt rustle, yeah. um, can, can, the mic can pick it up. And Isotope can really can really help with that. The mouth clickiness, you know, certain microphones, they just hear those clicks depending on how it's positioned. They can really hear those clicks. And not having to go through and surgically edit out mouth click after mouth click after mouth click. That really, that really helps. Um, I use a gate configured as an expander as an expander as a debreather mm. instead of using a debreather i don't use a debreather because i find that most debreathers are confused by um my sh sound whenever i'm pronouncing yes sh or th um, the debreather will say that's a breath and it will yep. take it out like and it's such a pain in the butt but a gate won't do that if you configure it correctly and I configure mine as a, as an expander so I just take my breaths and I just dim them down just a little tiny bit uh, so that they're not so they're not intrusive and so that exists in almost everything even when somebody's like just send me the raw I'm like well do you want me to gate my breaths down a little bit they're like yeah that that would be helpful yeah <laughs> <laughs> or you know the denoise because I the the isotope plugins especially the voice denoise and the mouth they're like magic i know they are uh, like absolute magic and just having those in there just lightly taking away any of that noise helping me manage those mouth clicks just it means more money yeah you know because it's it's time i'm not spent doing that stuff so it means it means more money for me which is helpful yeah the rx <laughs> i believe five and seven and nine i'm sure does as well like those isotope packages best investment i've ever made yeah. in my career yeah. even like yep. just i mean i use the plosive one like habitually like yeah. just that being able to take care of that if i'm if i'm doing something on my end yeah, if it's an audition sure. whatever like just quick little favorite done and i don't have to spend you know all day yeah. worrying about it yeah um I would love that's to one of the, That's one of the first things I tell people when I'm coaching them. They're like, you know, what should I be saving for? Should I save for another mic? I'm like, you should save for the Isotope standard package, the $399 yeah. package. That's your next microphone. <laughs> I, I know, keep, for keep real. whatever your technology is, but add that plug-in set because it's going to save you so much time in the long run. Yes, uh, you couldn't be more right. Um, uh, there's there's one microphone I really want to talk about. I'd be remiss to not mention it, and it's it's kind of taken the visual podcast world by storm. People see this and they think they really associate it with like one of the being the like a, gr a good microphone or or good for voiceover, which is the Shure mm -hmm. SM7 series. Yeah. Um. Now this is not for for people who don't know. This is not your standard like dynamic condenser microphone. It's like a it's or sorry a a cardioid. Um, condenser it is actually a dynamic how do you feel about the the that that microphone and where do you think it fits in for someone who's maybe interested in doing music podcasting and also voiceover i, I think it's a fine mic I, I think it's you know it's one of the it's one of the more configurable dynamic microphones it can be a little bit of a challenge to use but once you get it dialed in and you get the you get the right amount of gain it makes a lot of voices sound good. That's why you hear a lot. I mean, that's my impression of why a lot of people use it. Looks cool. Looks yeah. really sleek. It's kind of iconic. Um, it's not my favorite dynamic microphone. I've got two of them, but it's not the one that I go to generally for, for dynamics. Um, 
for the for folks, if you're unfamiliar, there's the condenser style microphone and there's the dynamic kind of microphone. Dynamics tend to be somewhat less sensitive. You got to be really close to them. They don't have quite as much fidelity, which means they can also be a bit more forgiving. Uh, so if your room has flaws, this the SM7B can sometimes hide those flaws. I think that's why it's popular a lot for podcasting because a lot of times it's guys pod or gals podcasting in their, you know, in their living room, or <laughs> yeah. in a less than ideal, you know, they they they've they've got like a YouTube set and it maybe isn't perfectly acoustically treated. So if you're if you're only a fraction of an inch off the microphone. Uh, the signal to noise ratio is really good, and because you got the buttons and switches, the 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 the, uh, the high frequency boost yeah. and the bass roll off, you can really get a you can get a a good sound out of it. I, I, it's not my favorite. Um, I I like the electro voice sound for me mm-hmm. uh, is my preference. Um, it can be it can be a bit challenging to use. It's a it's a pro level mic, and sometimes the the consumer grade interfaces and stuff they don't they're not doing that mic any favors. Sure. So you gotta all of a sudden you gotta buy that cloud lifter that fed head so you get the yeah. gain out of it that you need, and all of a sudden your four hundred dollar microphone's turned into a six hundred dollar microphone, and at six hundred dollars there's different dynamics that I would choose. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's what I got to say. Uh, yeah, it, I think it's a great way of putting it, and it also comes like what you said, purchasing a cloud lifter. These are added expenses, so yeah. while it might seem like it's not that expensive, at the end of the day, you might be putting a little bit more of a purchase to make that right. thing work for you. Uh, speaking of interfaces, how do you feel um, in terms of purchasing an interfa- interface for the first time? What are the things that you're looking out for, or what are some of the interfaces you think are really um, good, well suited for people starting out. Uh, what what is important for you in an interface right now? There's there's a couple of there's a couple of things depending on what your studio setup is going to be. There's a couple of things that I look for. Uh, if if your computer is nearby, then having an interface that's just an interface is important. Many people are going into their closet and then bringing their recording back. So there are some, you know, for a long time, it was the Zoom H5 that, you know, I made videos about. And so a lot of people bought Zoom H5s. There's also like the um, the Sentrance um, R4R recorder. Yep. It's really good. The, the Mix Pre 3, if you really want to go, you know, if you really want to go the uh, sound devices, Mix Pre 3, if you want to really go there, um, we're something that can record. So if, if you're going to record and edit asynchronously in two different places, having one that's a really good recorder with good preamps is, is important. Other, otherwise, I look for, for me, I look for devices that I can grow into. Mm. So, you know, a lot of people are like, well, the Scarlet Solo is really inexpensive. I'm like, yeah, but you're, you can, you're going to potentially outgrow that pretty quickly. It's not too much different than buying a USB microphone because you're going to outgrow that uh, fairly quickly. The interface I, I bought early on in my career was the Audient ID22. And that's what, that's what made me fall in love with Audient products is because it's a reasonably compact device, a reasonably inexpensive device, but grew into almost everything that I needed it to do. It had Mm -hmm. two really good preamps. Um, It had a really good configuration for where your outputs were going. Um, Had plenty of gain for any mic that I wanted to throw at it. I could turn the preamps 100% up for my SM7B without needing a cloud lifter. So it allowed me to grow into 
into additional microphones, it allowed me to expand what I wanted to do. I, I wasn't constantly like chasing, chasing yeah. the chasing it. And that's where I think like if you can also go up to like the Apollo Twin, you know, what's that about a thousand bucks? Yeah, around there. Yeah. But they do have a payment plan, I believe. <laughs> Interesting. Anyway. At least you don't have to subscribe to it. Yeah. Uh, you know, oh, a gosh. payment plan. You're <laughs> renting your interfaces. That's the world we're heading towards, though, yeah. for real. Believe it. Believe it. Uh, you know, but what, you know, what they, you know, they're excellent preamps, but the fact that they have like all these really world-class models for, you know, the real deal, like the 737 and the and the different preamps and compressors and stuff. That, that, like, I think that's, that's a worthwhile investment. You can start small, right? You could start with that and a worker bee microphone, and it's going to sound great. Yeah. But then you could progressively, you won't need to trade that piece of equipment in for a long time. Mm. That's, you know, that's just what I think about. It's like, how long will this thing last how long can I can it expand what I want to do? And I certainly prefer two channel. I prefer two channels because there's at least a fifty percent chance I'm going to have a backup preamp if I need it. Mm-hmm. If I accidentally trip over the cord and I and I and I break that XLR jack on my preamp, I can at least switch over to the other one and yep. keep working. I like having a backup. And that's kind of a bigger recommendation, I think, for everything is not that you need two of everything, but how many times have I run into the scenario where, like you said, your interface is just not working, you've broken something, your computer's not turning on. Being able to be in a scenario, if you treat this like a profession, you treat this like a job, you're, you're exactly. doing this professionally, you need to be ready for any circumstance, any kind of challenge that could be thrown your way. Yeah. Um, I, I had a, a, yeah. an, a, as stupid as this sounds, one of my iPads died on me, and thankfully I had a second one because I was doing an anime type of thing where you're watching reference on your main monitor, right. and then you need something to look at your copy. Because what I was doing before, I was like, oh, wait, I have my second iPad, is I was splitting my screen in half, and I'm trying real hard to read the dialogue on the screen, and then I'm looking real hard to match the lip flaps, and something so stupid that you wouldn't really think of being a problem became, like, potentially a tremendous challenge. Right. So being prepared for that was it hurts was, your performance yeah exactly and yeah, again yeah. like i said what can we do to stand out of uh, get out of our own way and right. uh be as is prepared to just do the, the job we want to do yeah and i think you i think you hit the the nail on the head with it's what separates a hobbyist from a pro mm-hmm. having that stuff like whenever i i do coaching they're like well i'm gonna sell this microphone to buy the other i'm like maybe you shouldn't do that i was like because do you have a backup microphone yeah. If this one dies, you know, you spill water on it. Something happens to it. What happens? Do you have a backup microphone? I still have backup laptops. I've got backups now for everything. It didn't happen all at once, but as as I change over equipment, as I buy more cables, bought another microphone, I have a backup for everything. And I've got a disaster recovery plan for almost anything that can happen. The only thing I can't get here is a redundant uh, internet connection, so I have yeah. like my hotspot, which is kind of won't yeah. work for Source Connect and stuff like that. Uh, but it will at least allow me to upload files. Uh, but you got to have a backup and a plan for every little component that can break along the way. Because I don't ever want to tell a client, "Well, you're not going to get your work for three more days because my my laptop died, and I got to send it off to Apple Care, and I'm not going to get my replacement for three days, so your project's going to wait." Mm-hmm you're never getting hired again, right? That's yep. just, you can't let that happen. You have to have a, a recovery plan and know how to do your recovery plan f- for everything, whether it's changing a cable to changing your computer. 
to a project, you know, your computer dying mid-project. Is it backed up? Can you recover? Can you move it to another computer? What are you going to do? Because it's mm. going to it's gonna happen. I'm sure you can speak from experience. I certainly can. If it can go wrong, it's, it's going to oh, yeah. go wrong, right? Every horror it's story you can imagine I've experienced in my yeah. uh, in my early days of doing this, and I've learned the hard way. So yeah. listen to people like us who are telling you it will happen. We've, if it can, got, it will. We've got the scars to prove it. <laughs> yes. I have, I have a silly, stupid question just because now we're talking about it. Mm-hmm. Like me, do you have a drawer or closet filled with every wire imaginable that you just like that you don't want? Like, I might need this one day. I have to have this specific usb to uh, xlr dongle thing i have it's like it's overflowing (laughs) i i have a i have i have my kids old dresser okay full of wires yeah my my (laughs) wife my wife ridicules me to no end and she's like and every once in a while i'll be like i can't do this i don't have a wire that i need She's like, how could that possibly be that you don't have a wire that you need? I know. I mean, I've got everything going all the way back to like VGA cables. Yeah, same. I, you know, just you don't want to like, let them go. I, I can't. I've got a I've got a box that's just USB A to USB B, USB A to Mini to Micro C, C to C, Thunderbolts. Uh, you know, I've got old fire wires. You yeah, know, I've got some old fire wire stuff. You sound organized though, which is the good thing. Yeah. I am not. <laughs> a, whole, a whole bunch of wires right down here. I, I'm organized. Every once in a while, I get organized. It gets all organized, but then I pull them out and they get mixed. And yeah, you know, it's like, and it's it's you know, every wire is black. Yeah. So like you know, I, I look around know. my I look around my desk and you know, with all this equipment and snakes and microphones and all of this gear that supports a YouTube channel and a voiceover channel. They're all black wires, and so you got you know, I've got labels on every wire. Oh my. I know. I really appreciate the companies who are doing uh, their own color and own branding for the wire. I think that's pretty helpful nowadays yeah. so that yeah, when you, yeah. you're sticking your head under your desk or whatever, you don't yeah. drive yourself crazy. Yeah, yeah. It makes it makes a big difference. I mean, you can't see it here, but like all of my all of my cables, I've got these little tie, uh, like these little um twist on labels yeah uh, so you can write on the label and label and i i got two labels for each this cable its purpose and where it connects to oh my god because gosh. you know because they're because they go all over the place i've got yeah hundreds of wires to support once you get into the youtube world where you've got a i need a camera and i've got speakers and i've got two microphones and i've got two computers and these screens that i'm looking at you these are these screens are both duplicated in there so I've got splitters and oh, <laughs> and you know Ethernet cables and oh, it's just I don't it's I have to change all this in a couple of days I'm 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 putting a new desk in oh. and so I gotta I gotta undo all of this and redo it so it's gonna just. Well, labels, it sounds labels, like you've labels. at least set yourself up for success by the the various organizational oh, things. Gosh. Like, I, I hope, I hope. Yeah. Um, I, Cable I, management I, is important. I got inspired. I'm sure I'm not alone in this, but I got inspired years ago by watching a Casey Neistat video. Um, have you ever seen like his wildly functional studio? Yes. And I was like, that's the that's the smartest thing. Just get a white pen and write on everything. So like every. <laughs> Every wall wart I have, I just write on it. As soon as I buy it, I'm like, well, I can't return it now because I just put in in, in paint pen. This is the power supply for the Audient ID44. This is the power supply for the Sony A6400. This is the power supply. Everything. Yeah. Because after, if they get separated, 
a wall wart and what it goes to, they never have the same brand. You can never find oh, it. So label your stuff. As soon as you get it, label it. That might be the best piece of advice. No, we've had so much great <laughs> advice here. No, but it's seriously for real. Like uh, labeling is is so important. I've really? run into it so many times, and even my fiance, she's like, "I need this cable," and she doesn't really understand the, the the mechanics behind it. She's like, "I need this thing that looks like this and this, and this one's not working." Right. And then that's when I become the hero and I go in the <laughs> cable closet and I'm like, "Oh yeah, that's that right. thing you made fun of me for, I have it. I got it. I got it. <laughs> I got it." Uh, quick yes, question I here. Can, I can can turn a USB C into a Thunderbolt. Two, yes, I can yeah. make that happen. And then you turn the superhero cape around and you leave the room. Uh, I want—I wanted to ask you really quick too, as we talk about you know writing on your your gear. How do you feel about used equipment for people? Is that something you oh, love it? Yeah, yeah it's yeah, something yeah, yeah. Pe- you would recommend yeah. for people, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I so much of my gear is secondhand. Yeah. Um, so much of my gear, especially when I was starting out, so much of my gear was secondhand. Um, it, where I, when I lived in Pittsburgh, being in a city and having a Craigslist, uh, and I guess it's Facebook Marketplace, however you get it, having that access to that stuff is really good. Um, shop Goodwill. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if you just keep an eye on Shop Goodwill, there's like there were a pair of Earthworks microphones that I came so close to winning the bid on. Uh, but, you know, there's <laughs> always there's I mean, I bet any given day there's a bunch of, you know, certainly passable microphones for people who are beginning MXL 990s for days on Shop oh, Goodwill. Oh, my first mic. That go for that go for cheap and NT, NT1As, NT1s. Um, uh, there's all sorts of microphones that come through there. So if you know, a couple of the name brands, chances are the thing's going to work. It's not yeah. likely that it's going to be destroyed. You're taking a risk, no warranty, anything like that. But I would, I would, all day long, I would buy a used NT1A before I buy a, a, a newer brand new microphone. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? A hundred percent. Just all day long. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to have the, your endorsement for that because yeah, that's yeah. something I recommend people do all the time. So much, is... so much of my stuff is used. Yeah. So <laughs> How do you feel about with somebody who's you know made your own studio? I'm in the similar boat. How do you feel about like the whisper rooms and the um, the studio bricks? Like, what's your? Yeah. Do you do you? Oh, yeah. Is that the direction you'd lead somebody in versus like a DIY or hiring a contractor to make a home studio for your for you? Well, before hiring a contractor, yeah, most likely. Um, you know, it's it's a it's a matter of the thing that's really nice. I mean, my my first hundred videos were probably made in my whisper room. Yeah, right. I, I had a whisper room. The reason I'm not in my whisper room anymore is because the ceiling in this room is an inch too 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 low. Mm. Uh, and I went to whisper room. I was like, is there any way that we could make a whisper room that was two inch shorter? Yeah. And they're like, yeah, but it costs like twelve thousand bucks. I'm like. All right. I can't I can't do that. I have no problem with Whisper Room. I've got no problems. I, I really like the Studio Bricks ones. Yeah. I went to the, the Studio Bricks um, showroom that's right there in Manhattan. They got great, great stuff. Um, no, I have no no problem with that. The thing uh, the thing that I, I, I think about when when you think about that stuff is one of the things that makes those rooms so nice is they're portable. In air yeah. quotes, they're portable. You can take them down and you can carry them. I still have my whisper room. It's upstairs in my, you know, in my storage room. I'm yeah. not getting rid of that because this might not always be my, this might not always be my place. And if I move to another place, I know I can have a studio quality studio <laughs> set up in an hour. Brilliant. Right? So 
Uh, yeah, that's stuff I, I would always, but you don't have to have it. If you know that this is your house and you're going to live here for 10 years and you've got a corner of your basement, or you've got a walk-in closet that you can spare. Yeah, you can, you can make those, you can absolutely make those worth. You don't have to run out and buy it. The reason I, I, I tell people, I was like, the reason we build these booths is for consistency. Yeah. You want that booth to sound the same every single day. If you can make a room in your house sound the same every single day so it never changes, then that's your that's your studio. As mm-hmm. long as it sounds good enough, doesn't have reverb, the, you don't hear the trucks going by, make it your closet, make it your spare bedroom. It doesn't have to be a four by four space. It's a four by four space because that's what we, <laughs> those yeah. are the booths that we can buy. <laughs> you know, that's why my booth is six by six. If I could make it, 10 by 12, I would love to have a room that was 10 by 12, that was yeah. dedicated and 100% consistent. But that's why we build these booths, is so that they're consistent. Mm. There's nothing magical about a 4 by 4 space. Nothing yeah. magical at all about a 4 by 4 space. We just do it because it's it's repeatable. And that gives us a nice, dedicated, repeatable spot to make our recordings. So that when we're recording an audiobook or a commercial, or we're blessed with a with a client that's, that feeds us work over the next year, you want to sound the same in January as you sound in December, right? It just want, you just need it to be consistent, and that's why we make our booths. So well said. How, what about your, your mobile um, recommendations for somebody who's on the go or needs to travel a lot? Um, what are things, products, pieces of gear, setups that you recommend for someone who's got to hop from hotel to hotel or, or is constantly on the go? Uh, yeah. So a uh, couple, th- couple of things. Like I just traveled and I brought my rig. Do I have it right next to me? Shucks, I don't have it right next to me. I brought uh, a Deity S-Mic 2S, Mm -hmm. which is about that big, and I had it plugged directly into a Sentrance MicPort Pro. So it was my whole portable rig was smaller than the worker bee that's or the king bee that's in front of you. <laughs> right. And I just like I already had like my selfie stick, like yeah. a selfie stick, and that that was the thing. So that was my my emergency recording studio. The Sentrance preamps, they sound great. The the S Mic 2S is is pretty forgiving. You can put it in any places. And knowing what I know about how to build a how to build a build a booth on the fly, I was pretty confident that no matter where I was where I was going to be, I could arrange stuff around me to get close enough for an audition. Yeah, I probably couldn't record, you know, a McDonald's commercial <laughs> with that <laughs> with that setup, um, but I could, you know, I could get ninety percent of where I needed to be. So, uh, you know, a little tiny microphone. And what was nice about this entrance mic port pro is you can just plug the mic directly into it. Didn't even need yeah. to bring an XLR cable. That was nice. Um, I did a, I did a series. I had actually challenged myself part of my educational. I, there was a point where I was traveling a lot, like mm. monthly. And so I, I, I made a series of videos, improvised mic, improvised booths where I would make a booth in anywhere I was staying. Yeah. Even it was just to, to practice, and it's a it's a great thing to do. Like go into any room in your house, if you if you've got you know if, if you're not in Brooklyn, and you have more than one room in your house, go into another room and try and build a booth out of it. Yeah, and that's a great practice for if you do find yourself traveling and you're in a hotel. Like yeah, steal the couch cushions, steal the blankets, steal the steal the pillows. Have housekeeping bring up some more pillows if you're in a hotel, and build a booth. You probably can build a booth. Um, that's going to be that's going to be passable. 
because um, yeah. it's mostly just managing that reverb. You're never going to manage the street noise no matter where you are, but you can at least manage the reverb with well, you know lots of squishy stuff. You know, I've been there many times. <laughs> Go ahead, as yeah. someone who is like completely just a noob to all this stuff, mm-hmm. how would you just basically tell someone to like how to soundproof a room, like for outside noise not to get in the room? To someone who has no idea like how to do any of this stuff, what would be the most basic you, way? You can't. I mean, it, it, like, what would help? You know what I mean? Okay, like, so what helps? Right. What helps is mass and air tightness between you and that noise. Gotcha. So that's why double pane windows work better than single pane windows because mm-hmm. there's there's two layers and there's a vacuum in between them. Sound doesn't travel through the vacuum very well. Triple pane glass works really well, but like there's very little that you can do. If you've got thin single pane wooden framed windows, that sounds coming through. Mm-hmm. There's very yeah. little that you can do. If you've got a hollow core door between you and the room next door, you're not going to stop the the television in the other room from coming through. You could change to a solid core door and, you know, try and put some weather seal around it, put a a weather seal at the bottom of the door to try and create as close to airtight as you can. Right. And it's only going to do a little bit. It's a it's soundproofing and removing sound from the outside, from preventing it from coming in, is super hard. And the lower the frequency, the harder mm-hmm. it becomes. Mm-hmm. Trucks rumbling by. I live not too far from a train that goes by, and I just don't record <laughs> when the train is going by. Because <laughs> the train makes the whole house vibrate. There's literally nothing. nothing Airplanes for me. Wow. So. Yeah, airplanes, yeah. like, uh, I live not too far from the highway, and every once in a while, a truck, you'll hear it, you know, doing that uh, vacuum braking, where it goes, yep. wah, you know, it's just, yeah. and it's like nothing, there's nothing you can do. <laughs> and I'm underground. I mean, I've got a whole house on top of me. Yeah. And I can't stop that sound from, my, my neighbor's leaf blower, there's nothing I can do about it. Yeah, Wednesdays are my no record days because everybody on my block is mowing their lawn and oh, it's also yeah. garbage day. So it's just like it's there. I'm, I'm battling it's the so elements. It's so hard. It's so hard. <laughs> yeah. and, you know, that's why there's so many actors, so many voice actors like, yeah, I do all my recording between the hours of 10 p.m. and 2 a.m. It's true. Because you know, that's, that's when nothing's happening. That's when mm-hmm. nothing's happening. Uh, it's hard. Soundproofing, soundproofing is super, super hard. Sound treatment yeah. is doable. Soundproofing, man, it's just weight and air tightness you know yeah. that's the yeah. other reason for the whisper room right you're building a room within the room right that's exactly. what they always say build a room within a room to create an air gap between that sound the more layers that you can put in between you and that sound the better off you're going to be but yeah i mean as a noob what can you do you can buy a whisper room yeah <laughs> if you got four grand go, go buy a whisper room. or, or <laughs> I hate, put a room and i hate saying your... that yeah, yeah yeah i hate saying it I want to do something fun right now. Let's transition into um, something I thought would be really educational here. Joe, uh, I would like to give you, Mike, a budget of $1,000 as we talk about, you know, trying to create the perfect environment for somebody. They are brand new to this. They're looking to pursue voiceover as a career. They've got $1,000. You know, I, I... Let's assume that they have a, a closet to some degree that they can put stuff in with soundproofing included or, uh, you know, panels, whatever it might be, microphones, interface, all that stuff. 
what are the things that we can do? What would what would be to the the dollar? How would you spend that one thousand yeah. dollars to build the studio to work yeah. uh, professionally? Quote, yeah. So uh, okay, so we're working from the assumption that we've got a four by four space somewhere is somewhere in the house. Yeah. If it's a walk in closet, or if you're if you've got like you're trying to find some space in your basement. Yeah. Here's what I would. What, here's what I. Here's, here's how how I would spend the money. Okay. I would um, get uh, two by fours, and and make a and make a frame. Even if it's inside. So if this is going to be my permanent studio, I need to make a little bit of a frame inside my my walk-in closet, uh, and and I need to frame out something so that when I go to Home Depot, I buy the um, Owens Corning Safe and Sound Mineral Wool, three inches thick. Okay. And I would buy enough of that to co- essentially coat the walls. I'm going to insulate this room uh, with with mineral wool, and that's uh, that's cheaper than OC seven hundred three. OC seven hundred three is a little easier to work with. It's fiberglass. The mineral wool is a little bit. Uh, it has the same sort of acoustic properties. A little bit harder to work with. So you need the two by fours to to fit it in. So you got to make a you got to make a little bit of a frame to stuff okay. this mineral wool in. Uh, Approximately how much you think that's going to run us? That's going to run you $50 a bag for it, and you're going to need probably two bags of it. You're going to need to spend $200 okay. on insulation and maybe another $100 in lumber. All right, so we're at uh, $300? $300. $300. If you're building this in the basement and you don't have a closet, you're going to need to spend probably another $200 on medium-density fiberboard. Which, if you can look over my shoulder, that's what my booth is made out of. That that orange wall is medium mm. density, medium density fiberboard, because I didn't have a closet. This house has no walk-in closet, so I bought. I just got the heaviest wood got I it. could to make walls. Yeah. Uh, and you can, because you guys can see this, by the way, right? Uh, no, your screen is no longer shared. Really? Okay. Hold um. on. Why is that happening? Boo do 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 do. Where did it go? Okay, wait. Could you see it now? Mm. Yeah. Let's go. Oh, okay. There we go. There we go. Cool. Uh, so you need to you need to frame out just so you can put the the acoustic insulation in, into it. Okay. Um, then I would cover that. I'm just telling you exactly what I did. I would cover that <laughs> with cover those walls with fabric. Uh, and so the, the the easiest place I found to do it was to go on Amazon and buy photography backdrops, muslin photography backdrops, because mm. you can get them nice and big. Like, uh, uh, I don't know if you can see the wall to my yep. right here. That blue wall is actually a photography backdrop with a blue light shining on it. That's just fabric. Mm. That's just fabric with mineral wool behind it, three inches of mineral wool and framing behind and a concrete wall. So how much do those cost? The photography backdrops, which, like what do you get? Four, thirty bucks for a okay, huge, cool. like like ten by twelve. So what's nice? It's seamless, so you can cut it up. You don't have to worry about all this, you know. Or yeah. you just go to Joanne Fabric and get a fabric that you like, as long as it's tightly woven, and you're going to cover that, cover that insulation. Uh, the door is the ch- is a challenge. If, if it's a closet, you've got a door. If you're building the booth in your basement, you need a door. I was cheap, and so I just used the MDF to make a door. I actually made the door out of the MDF. But you could buy a, mm. 
a, a solid core door. It's just going to be more expensive. So we're going to stick with the MDF and you're going to get a circular saw and cut a doorway out of it hinges. So call it another $50 of accessories okay. of stuff okay. to build your booth. Nails, screws, hinges. So we're at, that sort we're of at stuff. like 380 right now, yep. approximately. Yeah. Piece of cake, man. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna do yeah. this. No <laughs> okay. Uh, then you're going to need... Okay, so now you've got your room. Uh, I was cheap, so my desk in my room was made out of remnant MDF and wall shelves. So shelf hangers. So okay. we're going to include that. Let, let's call that a total. Let's, let's say there's going to be $40 towards a desk. Okay. okay. You're going to need a chair. Please say that you can go steal the kitchen chair. Uh, <laughs> otherwise you're going to go to Ikea. You're going to get a, a chair that doesn't squeak. Mm, very important. You need a chair that doesn't squeak, which means it's probably just going to be uh, just a basic stool. I personally, I like to work with a bar, uh, a kitchen height stool and mm. a slightly higher desk so that I can kind of stand and lean forward um, as opposed That's to sitting back in a chair. I like to I like to be forward. I can be a little bit more dynamic and it allows me to, to move the mic up so I can stand or sit. So it's not it's not so. Um, there's not so much height difference. I can still use the keyboard if I'm standing, and I can use the keyboard if I'm sitting at a stool. So mm -hmm. I like a desk that's higher. Likewise, I have a standing desk. So we'll do me. what for the yeah. chair? Like 50, 50 bucks? bucks? I don't know, yeah. 50 bucks. You're going to go to Craigslist, you're going to go to Goodwill, and you're going to yeah, buy right. a chair. <laughs> and somebody's old kitchen chair. It doesn't, it's got to be non-squeaky, so the less it does, the better off you're going to be. Or yeah. you can find a Herman Miller on the street like I did like <laughs> two years ago. <laughs> But if you're Gosh. not that lucky, which I don't know, uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what I did that day that I got blessed. But eviction sales happened. in New York are a whole. Different thing. <laughs> uh, okay, so now your your booth is built, right? So yeah. you've got your walls. It's acoustically insulated. It's going to have at least three inches of mineral wool on all the surfaces. You've got a desk. You've got a chair. Can we assume you've got a computer for this? Let's exercise? assume they've got a computer, right? Yes, please. Okay. Um, if not, if not. Um, you can go onto Newegg and buy a uh, an industrial Windows computer for like four hundred dollars that are fanless. Mm. Uh, I have one right here. They work great. Um, they're not super powerful, but for what we're doing, we don't need a ton of power. Um, so you get that and a 1080p monitor. So that's uh, that's going to be your bonus round. That's going to add four hundred dollars okay, if you don't gotcha. have a computer yet. Uh, so there's that. <clears throat> You're then going to buy your equipment. And where are we budget-wise? We're doing We've pretty good, gone... right? We're up to like, we, we, we're, about, we're about halfway spent, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then what I would, what I would suggest is um, a neat King Bee. Oh! Oh my God, that mic is so so good. One hundred and seventy nine bucks. Go on to Mono Price and just get a a good XLR cable. Good is like fifteen bucks. You don't need a Mogami yet. You just need yeah. an XLR cable. <laughs> Something um, works. Awesome. Yeah, but the Mono Price ones, I've been pretty happy with the Mono Price level uh, cables. Yeah. Uh, 
So you got your microphone, you got your cable, you need an interface. I personally like the Evo series, the Evo 4. That's what I'm using uh, right because now. Because they're for very big. That's my very, setup. <laughs> is it? Yeah. Very beginner right friendly. Yeah. The reason He's I like the Evo. You and... <laughs> I didn't know that. I didn't know that, yeah. by the way. Um, I like the Evo 4 because it does two things. It has that, that gain setting automatically. So you can just press the button and perform, and it will help you set your gain for you. And then you can say, save this as a preset. Yes. Right. So it will do it. So you don't need a recall sheet. You can just save your settings. And I think if you're using Pro Tools, it will even come back. But we're not going to recommend Pro Tools. Yeah. Uh, okay. So you've got uh, you got your mic. You got your cable. You've got your interface. I think the Evo Four is under two hundred dollars. Paul, okay. do you know? Uh, I'm not sure. Joe, why don't you just pull I'll it take, up and yeah, see? Yeah, yeah. It's either look. like Evo it's either like one eighty or two twenty four. Yeah, it's it's, that both of those sound right, <laughs> which is interesting. <laughs> interface. I got some interesting search results when I typed that in, but oh. not uh, the car, oh. not the Evo car. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Audient Evo four. Yeah. Is that yeah. what we were looking for? Yep. It says one twenty nine. Oh, even better. Oh, my god! I didn't realize it was that inexpensive. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man, we got money to spare. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dollar, dollar bills. <laughs> right, let's do 130. Fine. Okay. So, so I'm not keeping track of the money. How, how yeah. close are we? Where are we now? 330. I like that we did this in Notepad and not in Excel. I, yeah. yeah, or a calculator. <laughs> <laughs> and and I'll give you another uh, bright hint about that. I'm an accountant, <laughs> and I did it in Notepad. <laughs> I think we're at what? What is that? Brains like, aren't uh, working full capacity today. Eight hundred dollars or so. Yeah. Right there? Okay. Well, let's just call it whatever. Eight hundred or so. Right. Uh, so we've got a little bit of room here. Okay. So then the next thing I would get is you're going to need a DAW. Don't go with Audacity because it's destructive recording. My recommendation is Reaper at 60 bucks. Mm. So now you've got, and that's going to have all the plugins you need. It's going to have everything you need to create professional quality recordings. You're going to have to learn how to use it, but that's what YouTube's for. <laughs> uh, and then I would recommend the uh, Isotope Elements Plugins, the initial suite at two was it twenty nine dollars or fifty nine dollars? I believe so. Yeah, and I get that gets you. Um, I think it gets you a denoise and a declick. Mm-hmm. And what uh, was that price? Gonna, I'm sorry. I think I think um, Isotope, the entry level one, I think is either twenty nine or fifty nine. Okay. Just let's just go look at that. Let's see if I can find it really quickly. It goes on sale a lot. So it's either the ozone one. Is that what we're looking for? No, no, no. The isotope, isotope RX elements. Oh yeah, RX elements. I think that's twenty nine, if I remember correctly. But and there's also like other websites where you can, like, license it, but you get it for the like. I'm not gonna get into that, but I know those exist. Twenty nine dollars on Sweetwater. So let's go with twenty nine bucks. So you need that. Uh, So we got we got another hundred bucks that we're gonna. Uh, or so, yeah, fifty yep. bucks I think is what we're at. Okay, yeah, so twenty nine. There we go. We got fifty five bucks left. Yeah, uh, you're gonna need a water bottle that <laughs> seals. <laughs> yes. Right, and it cannot be a wide open mouth, uh, especially if it's metal. So I I like to use the 
Contigo, uh, like insulated coffee cups with the trigger. Yes. Um, so that way I always have cold water or, you know, good room temperature water, but I have to press a button to drink. So if it knock it over, I'm not, ru- <laughs> I'm not ruining anything. And I think those are $19. Okay. Um, and that way I always got good, good, te- good color, good temperature of water uh, because <laughs> hydration is really important. Absolutely. Um, and so you gotta, you gotta do that. Uh, what else do you need? So a thousand headphones. Bucks. Oh, you need a you need a pair of headphones. Um, you can you can use almost anything. So if we need to if we need to give the hundred dollars back for the water bottle, um, I I couple of headphones that I like um, at for a hundred bucks the Sennheiser HD two eighty Pros. Okay, are pretty good. If we have one hundred and forty nine dollars, the headphones that I'm wearing, I've fallen in love with. These are the Rode NTH one hundreds. All right, we I just did the math. We have a hundred dollars left. Perfect. Oh. Then I don't know how to do math, but Great. okay. <laughs> Great. So if we've got if we've got that hundred bucks, then uh, the Sennheiser HD two eighty Pros are good because they're going to be pretty truthful, um, and they're good in the booth. Um, they won't leak. Uh, they don't leak any. They don't leak any sound. They they for, form a nice tight seal, and they you can make pretty good mixing decisions with it. Closed back, I'm assuming. Closed back, yeah. Yeah. I mean that's that's pretty much it right pretty there. What else do you need? Yeah. I mean, did we did we miss anything? I, there's I nothing else so. I can think of off the top of my head. We did I mean, everything. We sh- we built a booth. We put a chair. We furnished it. <laughs> um, oh, the only thing we didn't do is um, uh, because I recommended a regular computer. I uh, you need a monitor, but we're going to assume that they yeah. got a computer. And let's assume they went on Craigslist and they found the or the Facebook Marketplace and went to the free section and someone was giving one away. Giving a chair. Away. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, right there, everybody, you've got a, a, a for a thousand dollars, you've got a really, really great studio. I, 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 I sign off on every single one of those things, and just from a, a practicality standpoint, like I said, I'm using this microphone, uh, the the King B2 right now, and it's a great microphone, the Evo Four. Huge fan of this interface. Um, you're. You, Maybe a, also a stand, I guess, or some sort of boom arm, I guess. Amazon Basics uh, mic yeah. stand, maybe, to hold the thing up. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yep. Yeah, I didn't I, think but, about that. Yep. But right. as you can see, you're 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 spending a majority of your money on the booth, on and the booth. I think that's the biggest thing to take away from this is that yeah, all this stuff we're getting so. I mean, the fact that this is an one hundred eighty dollar microphone and that interface is one hundred thirty dollars, like it just goes to show you how important. Um, the space that which you're creating is, is um, for the sound, and uh, I think that we're gonna we're gonna put we're gonna publish that. We'll have it up for you guys to see if you're yep. curious. But mm-hmm. that is a great, absolutely great uh, uh, booth right there, and and studio to work in. And Mike, thank you for for going through that journey with us right there. <laughs> I yeah, really do appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I think a thousand dollars is not unreasonable. If you've got a thousand dollars, you can build yourself a booth, and. Uh, you can build yourself a booth. You can get furniture, and you can start making money. Yeah, yeah. You're not going to book a Nike commercial, but you're just starting out anyway. But Absolutely. you can you can certainly book Fiverr work. You can book Upwork work. You can book Audible work. You know, ACX kind of work, and not be ashamed or embarrassed. And you won't get your audio won't get rejected if you mm. can get that room dialed in. That mic and that interface, they are going to serve you just fine. 
I'm gonna put an addendum in then to that to that uh, to that booth right there, and the addendum is save a little bit of money. I'm not sure how much you charge for people to listen to their stuff, but also whatever that budget is, including to have Mike listen to your studio once you've set it up, because go. that is going to be huge. Because again, if you're doing this stuff DIY on the fly, you might not have the things positioned in the right place. You might have your, you know, your like we were talking about your microphone too close. You're just riding that gain way too hot. So it's so important to have somebody else listen to your stuff and people can do that on your website boothjunkie.com is that a yeah, great booth place junkie. to go yep yep booth junkie there's a um uh yeah I'll, I'll send you a link so if you need it in your show notes but yeah boothjunkie.com there's a there's a link where you can uh where you can hire me great um we we end every show with a uh question from our audience our fans here so joe uh if, if you could please pull that up for us today yeah, sure. um people have various questions we post about who's coming on the show and we have a question today from clarence clarence <laughs> clarence How you doing? clarence asks quick question for you mike does stacking pop fil- filters help does it degrade sound or am i just better going off axis Uh, it depends. Okay, so from a pop filter perspective, it can potentially reduce your sound. Anything that you put between you and the diaphragm is going to attenuate the sound or modify the sound in some way. Some mm-hmm. pop filters are more transparent than others. Um, some are quite transparent. Um, but generally, there will always be a little bit of high-frequency attenuation and as you add more layers. So like if you put a foam filter... And like a nylon filter, yeah, you can definitely adjust the sound. Uh, so I personally prefer um, the Stedman PS101 uh, pop filter because it's super transparent. Uh, and then for my shotgun microphones, I like the Hook Studio 842S. I think um, I have both of those. On, <laughs> I can't really tell on the Stedman and yes. Yeah, uh, I mean, because yeah. they're amazing. The Stedman pop filter is amazing. And I Amazing. think I found both of them from watching your videos. Is that right? Yeah. Now, a lot of people, I happen to have a chunk of it in front of me. A lot of people swear by aquarium filter huh. as, as a pop filter. I have not had as much luck with this, but there's like this really expensive brand of pop filter called Hakan, H-A-K-A-N, that are okay. hard to find. But I swear to God, it is just aquarium filter. Mm. <laughs> and wow. you can get this stuff off Amazon. Uh, it comes in different cellular Thicknesses. Sure, uh, but this is a this is a an expensive way, but because the Stedman's like fifty or sixty bucks, but yeah. it works incredibly incredibly well. Uh, but a pop filter is not an excuse to not have good mic technique. It is an insurance policy. Your mic technique is really what's going to save you. So putting the microphone, what is it that that we say a lot? It's aim the mic at your mouth, not your mouth at the mic. So yes. that's why you know it's. It's up and to the side so that your air is going past the microphone, not into that diaphragm. Mm-hmm. So, and then if you mine do is find doing the reverse of that right now. <laughs> Typically, this would be above yeah, it, but it's it'd below. Be, it'd be and above the side, point yeah. it down. Yeah, but yeah, for for videos where your face is going to appear, yeah, down is is not bad. Yeah. You just want your voice, you want your your breath to go past it. And then if you do find that, gosh, I always my B sound is always a plosive or my P sound is always a plosive, then you got to practice retraining the way you pronounce so that your P's aren't popped, but they're P's and they don't yeah. pop, right? It's just a breath control thing and a mic and a mic technique thing. 
because uh, you you should be able to work without without a without a pop filter. Um, you should be able to work without one. But I always use one because it's a good insurance policy. I don't want to ruin a take if I can avoid it. So having a good transparent pop filter is, is, is a good idea. But I don't generally stack them. Like I'm not, I've seen people that have like the foam filter over their U80. They buy a U87 and then they put a foam filter and a nylon pop filter. I'm like, why? 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 Then don't spend $3,000 on a microphone. If I you're going to put that much stuff in front of it. Um, <laughs> You know what I mean? It's uh, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I don't, I don't recommend stacking them. If you find you have to stack pop filters, and there's something you got to work on, either yeah. your pronunciation or your mic placement, uh, is what you got to work on. So well said, uh, Mike. This has been an absolute treat having you. I, I man, I love it. What a great it's conversation. Been- Thank you so, so much. And I know our audience is going to be just as happy. Like I've said to you earlier, I've been such a fan of your work and everything you do. It's honestly, you are doing public service with your channel. And if you are not subscribed to his channel, it is YouTube's uh, Booth Junkie. You can find him, which is, I guess, also the website address, boothjunkie.com. If you want to hire Mike um, or find out any other other information about him, it's 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 really I, I I'm not kidding when I say you have been extremely instr- instrumental in the success that I've had in my career because, you know, a, a majority of people are finding their schooling because there isn't necessarily classes on the mechanics of uh, what should I be buying, how should I be doing my mic technique, what what mic sounds better for my voice X Y and Z, and we're looking to people like you who are doing the good work, the Lord's work as they say on <laughs> YouTube and uh, providing this information to us for free. Yeah. Gosh. Speaking of, if I if I may be if I may have one one tiny plug, if you don't mind, At, please. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I have a. I just launched a class, totally free, no strings attached, um, at academy.boothjunkie.com. Academy, to, is that right? That's what I did, right? We'll link it down in the yeah, yeah. I'll uh, send you like, here, anyway. Please. So we talked about Reaper. I created a a, a free class that's updated. Uh, my YouTube channel has this Reaper for voiceover series. I just updated it for Reaper six, and what I found, I got a lot of feedback from those classes. Like it's hard to go back and find things in those classes, so I just mm. made like a separate training thing. It's still free, but it's it's all broken up into little tiny chapters. How to f- configure everything about your DAW. So we built the studio in this thing. If you want to learn how to use the DAW, get that configured so that it works really well for voiceover. Uh, academy.boothjunkie.com it's just one class there and, and it's totally free no strings attached uh, you can just go in there and it will walk you through everything I highly recommend you all do that as, because th- we talked about so much like you said but understanding how to use that DAW is going to become the next journey you have to go on to make sure that when you hit record everything is set up correctly you're doing everything right you know yeah. what kind of capabilities that DAW has so that you can use it to its fullest potential um, right. we'll have that link there for you in it's, the description and also on the screen yeah. check it out uh, Mike thank you so 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 oh, much man. Anytime. Uh, I had so much fun. Thank you so much for having me on. I really, really enjoyed it. So great. Our sincerest pleasure. We'll have to have you back. Um, I I hope you can uh, um, do it again. This has been so informational. And we only scratched the surface. I had a whole other page (laughs) of questions. (laughs) I had to just kind of keep going as we were getting to the end. We'll come back back for a round two at some point. (laughs) Please, please, please. All right, Mike. Thank you so, so much. Anytime. We'll talk to you later. Thanks so much. (laughs) 
Mike Delgadio, like I said in the intro, what an amazing name. To be like in the world of audio and have your last name be Delgadio, isn't that just like fate telling That's you crazy. you have to get into this industry? What That's a nice crazy. guy too, right? Awesome it, guy. Yeah, um, I'm and for I'm not even exaggerating. I reached out to Mike because I've been such a fan of his uh, for as long as I've been doing this, and as long as he's been doing this rather, uh, and it, with his channel, go back and watch some of his older videos because they're all amazing. He does comparisons of like every single mic you can imagine with like the top mics. So he'll yeah. take ten microphones and then compare them to the U87, so you can hear like. In his studio setting, you know, when you've got a good environment or space, the differences are so minimal with certain microphones. Um, it's just, it's wild. He's got a, it's a really, really good, good channel. Um, and I think kind of like what you were asking, a lot of people are interested in, in making their own booth or dealing with uh, external noise. We talked about this in the show, figuring out ways to, to, to deal with that. And it's going to be, I mean, I'm in a room right now. Like this was a bedroom mm -hmm. and I just put up panels everywhere. So I'm not soundproofed, uh, right. at all. This, I have like, I vacuum sealed the door basically. Like I did as much as I can to make sure I'm not getting external sound. Uh, I've got a window right behind there. There's a window behind that panel. And when my neighbors are mowing their lawn or leaf blowing or, arguing over who let the dog poop on the, the, the floor. I hear all of that. And I have to deal like, you know, I have to wait and, and, and not record at that time. I mean, for you, dude, in, in New York, I mean, when I was living in New York, it's impossible to deal with neighbors and external noise. It's not even for recording that I asked that. It's that, like, <laughs> the, room, the room next to me, like, if their TV is on, it goes, it's like, it, like the Kool-Aid man like explodes through the wall mm -hmm. it sounds like the sound is exploding through the wall so yeah. that's why I was like you know what as someone who just doesn't really know much about this how would I easily soundproof it and when he said no. you can't I said SOL what mm -hmm. <laughs> I didn't even think you can't was gonna be like a realm of possibilities of his aunt in the room you have to build another aunt. room within that room is the only way of of doing it is, is i thought again, he'd be like oh you get this foam you put it here you get this no. foam you know i was about to just you know spend the spend the thousand dollar budget on foam yeah right now i mean listen <laughs> that'll help make it sound good in your room and it'll certainly help with certain noises and certain frequencies but at the end of the day you're you're really kind of uh even if you're in a closet, whatever it might be, the more material, the better, but there's nothing you can really do to these external things, planes, uh, uh, trains, garbage trucks, like that frequency and the, the volume in which those things yeah. are pumping out stuff. It's, 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 you can't beat much. it. Um, and that's why when you're recording from home, you just got to get comfortable with saying, hold for airplane, hold for garbage, hold for lawnmower, hold for deranged neighbor, whatever the, the, the situation might be. Um, what are but you, he's, uh, go ahead. Sorry. No, go, you, you finished what you're saying. No, I was just going to say he, he is, you, you can even see his journey into making his own home studio. So it's, it's a great reference for you. If you're looking to start yeah. out and, and, and pursue that, he's got it all documented. What was the worst time you were doing a live audition and you had to stop from outside noise. You have a story uh, about that? Well, when I was living in Harlem, I had uh, neighbors, and I remember, like, because sometimes you get deadlines that are due, like, the next day, same day thing, and I had 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I already knew you had a good story. That's Across why I asked the you. street from me <laughs> was a was a bodega deli, right? And in front of the deli, on rare, not rare occasions, it was pretty frequent actually. And like you were saying, I'd have to record a majority of the stuff at like three in the morning because that's the world you're living in when you decide to pursue New York if you're doing voiceover, um, specifically yep. in in the area of New York that I was. Um, th- people would hang out on the street on on 145th and Frederick Douglass on front of that deli. That's where I used to live. I don't live there anymore, so don't go there looking for me. <laughs> uh, actually, yourself, you can man. go there and say hi to my neighbors. Maybe they'll uh, – I wonder how they're all doing. Great people. Uh, in front of that deli, they would put, like, one of those portable um, speakers, you know, like that – like <laughs> like something that you would see in, like, a, a, like a wedding or whatever, like yeah. the stand-up speakers, and they would yeah. sit on that speaker and crank it oh, as loud as possible. No. And I had something due, like, within the hour – and I was like, I went. I remember I went outside. And I was like, "Hey guys, can you please?" I, I I'm trying to explain this situation, which is always an awkward situation. I'm a voice actor. Yeah, and I had to do it with my neighbors here when they were like building their their pool and drilling concrete right next door to me. I'm like, "You need to give me your schedule, or I can't make money." Um, but with these guys, I told them I was like, "Hey, do you mind doing this?" And they're like, "Yeah." I go in the apartment, and then they start playing it again. And I go out again. I say, hey, excuse me, can you guys do this? And then I'm in my apartment. I'm like, clearly, I am not a threat to these people in any way. I don't want to call the cops and create this type of situation. So I stick my head out the window, and I just start acting crazy. Because I figured if I scream at them and say, can you guys shut up? They're just going to go. That's maybe what they were waiting for me to do is to lose my cool. But I just started acting crazy, deranged, as I said earlier. And they were like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? I am scared. So my suggestion to you is if you're ever dealing with people, maybe just act insane and and act like you've you've lost your mind. You're in another dimension. And maybe people will respond to that. Wait, so you you just put on like like an actor's like shield and acted crazy i i'm gonna give you the bad version of it just so i can show you okay. i was stuck my hat the window and i was like i can't take it anymore <laughs> i don't know what to do with my life i was doing basically things like that um uh, way way worse and way more exaggerated and maybe drool was coming from my mouth i don't remember if they could see it from that far but i was acting crazy i think i probably took my shirt off as well and just tried to make it as insane looking as possible and maybe they just appreciated my commitment did to they, the character did it work i mean they left they shut it off <laughs> they just stopped it they oh, they they man. stopped and and maybe i got the cops called maybe that's what <laughs> happened i got the cops called without them having to do it and they it were the residual damage of getting in trouble um but yeah, Mike Delgadio, Booth Junkie. Go to his YouTube, subscribe. We'll put all the stuff in the in the, the links during all the stuff if you're interested in, in, in getting in touch with him. And if you want um, the budget, that'll be in the description. Absolutely. Right? Um, yeah, it will be. Yeah. Another in one the of the future. books. Not right now, but in the future. No, when you're future. seeing this, yeah. yo, you're in the future. We're not. The so future. Whoever you are, it'll be there. Yeah. <laughs> another good one. Another one in the books, Joe. All right. Until next time. Peace.